Welcome to the Working Together Podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Morales, thinker, maker, doer behind Working Together, a burgeoning hub of can-do and know-how, inspired to explore who we are and how we can work together better. I'm fascinated by all the ingredients that you need to really make something happen, to really engage a system and the groups of people within it. And so, on this podcast, you'll hear a lot of stories from folks who've made interesting things happen. Their trials and tribulations, their reflections, their lessons learned, and the actionable advice that they have to share. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I did. So, I just finished with a quick session. Um... That I gave participants of uh, the Working Mastery uh, online seminar that I've uh, concocted and um, putting folks through, and I thought I would share some of these these things that I'm looking at in that session with the broader world because I think they're just so applicable and helpful. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm going to do right now uh, for this episode of the working together podcast and this is a very micro mini one here um again kind of structured around things that we can practice in our everyday lives um and so one thing that we talked about today in our class was uh was the importance of actively noticing and kind of being mindful about what's happening around you um and how to respond based on what you've noticed. It sounds pretty simple, but as we've learned in the course, we have all sorts of cognitive biases um, that themselves uh, are caused by underlying heuristics that we always have operating in our kind of mental background. Um, Some say as much as 95% of the time. Uh, So, how do we how do we then actively notice things so that we can kind of slow things down and make a choice um one way that we talked about doing that was through cultivating non-religious mindfulness which i think is a really interesting concept and so to describe that I'm going to read a post that I made about, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago now on the Working Together podcast uh, called Actively Notice New Things, which is, yeah, it's it's from, from my inspiration that I was getting uh, from bumping into Ellen Langer's work on mindlessness and mindfulness. So here goes. In September 2015, I stumbled across an on-being interview with Ellen Langer where she implored the listener to become more mindful by simply making an effort to actively notice new things. Having earnestly practiced Vipassana meditation in my mid-twenties, I was already familiar with the notion of becoming more mindful. However, because so many of my meditation experiences were grounded within Vipassana practice, I thought that the only way to cultivate an authentically mindful experience was through extended meditation retreats or hour-long daily practice or any of these other uh, much longer approaches and practices. 
I found her approach to mindfulness uniquely Western among the preponderance of Eastern religious and spiritual teachings in the field. What interested me about Langer's approach was her different entry point. So instead of studying Eastern approaches to mindfulness, her entire background was uh, studying the effects of mindlessness through the psychology lab. And her book, Mindfulness, is a culmination of over 50 psychological studies on the effect of mindlessness that she and fellow colleagues had conducted throughout the 70s and 80s. So what is mindlessness then? This is this popular concept of being on autopilot, um, really. And that captures this attitude quite well. Uh, You could think of it as not wanting to really think about a decision too hard um, because, quote, I've always done it this way. Um, Maybe not wanting to ask questions like, how could this be otherwise? Or, you know, how could I do this otherwise? Because that would require pause and consideration, both of which need time, effort. Um, Not wanting to really think about what you want because this would require honest reflection, thoughtfulness, and choice. So in many ways, being on autopilot is well supported um, by our speedy, busy life. Being on autopilot is coasting, cruise control, ease of use, seamlessness, and so on, because being in a different state requires energy and effort. And I'll circle back to that in a second here. So I think a core aspect of being on autopilot uh, is this mild aversion, this um, kind of attitude of, I don't want to be bothered to, or uh, I'd rather not, um, or this sort of thing, in relation to some sort of mild exertion of effort that any given moment might invite us to offer up, might invite us to expend a little bit of effort. This mild exertion is simply the effort we have to make to be present in the moment and consciously consider how to respond outside of the well-worn track of easy answers and habitual responses that constitute the fabric of our everyday conventions. What is easiest is to fall back into well-worn patterns of thinking and doing and respond to the moment with the easy answer. What is hardest to do is to recognize that every moment is radically novel Every moment is something that has never happened before. It's the tip of time's arrow. Mindlessness, then, is an attitude cultivated by our need to conserve physical and mental energy and effort in the face of a relentless emergence, in the face of a raw existential awareness that you can never be secured from what happens next. Mindfulness is about striving to notice the relationships you are embedded in and honestly questioning and opening up concepts and practices that are well-worn and asking how they could be seen and enacted otherwise. This goes for relationships with others, but also relationships with oneself, with one's own conventions and habits and patterns of behavior. So, what can we do about this? How can we cultivate mindfulness without the vow of silence and the years of ascetic, uh, you know, Buddhist monk lifestyle in a mountain ashram? How can we be mindful during a fast-paced day of work at the office, 
the nonprofit, in your childcare job, whatever it might be? How can we stop ourselves short of a caffeinated induced heart attack while jamming through our endless to-do lists? We can start with three small practices. And two of these can be adopted in the field. And one requires a little bit more time in the lab. So I'll go through those right now. Working together. Podcast exercise. This is the Working Together Podcast Exercise. This is a podcast exercise. On your unsuspecting friends. You can family, go outside associates. and try it on your friends. Maybe, uh, document, maybe you can maybe try it on facilitated exercise that you do, or maybe it's something you listen to while you walk maybe around outside sort of or do the dishes or something. Exercise. Uh, I don't know what it could be. Stefan's figured it out and he's put it together in a neat little package for you. I don't know what it is. So you Stefan's got it figured out. Try it. And it's called a podcast yeah. exercise because he's exercise. not creative anymore and can't come up with good names. So here it is, folks. Enjoy. Practice one. We can take two or three very deep breaths. You can just do this right now. Breathe in through your mouth to your natural limit. And when you've reached that limit, inhale a little bit more until you feel your diaphragm stretching out front, back, and sides to your very limit, and then exhale. It's possible to do this in most settings throughout the day. However, perhaps not during a moment when all eyes are upon you, i.e. when you're leading some sort of presentation or a briefing. Not a good idea to stop and take three very deep breaths. And these breaths are called diaphragmatic breaths. You can just take three, or some researchers suggest doing it for about 90 seconds also works too. So I'm going to try three right now. Okay, ready? (gasps) Okay, it's my natural limit. Now I'm getting further than that. I had to kind of imagine my tummy getting pushed out in all directions and all sides with each breath, trying to really breathe inwards and push that stomach outwards. The goal of this practice is to become more aware of your bodily sensations. Yep, because along with your smartphone, you also have a body that uh, it's begging to be checked in with constantly, just like your smartphone. Um, And our bodies are sturdily anchored to the moment. Your aches and pains, your breath, your stiff muscles, itches, warm feet, and so on. These sensations are washing over you always. And three very deep breaths will start to bring you back to your physicality in the moment quite nicely. Wherever your train of thought is taking you, it is usually taking you away from your body, from the moment, or at least just skimming the surface of bodily sensation. 
So that's one practice. Practice two. Just sit quietly for one minute and notice the sounds around you. Notice when you've stopped noticing the sounds and are thinking about something else. Like uh, what uh, that guy said to you earlier in the day, uh, so-and-so. Or how you totally messed up that thing that you had to do and then uh, just really didn't pay that bill. And Oh, I forgot to do about that other thing over there. I got to remember, blah, 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 blah kind of go off the rails, right? If all you do is manage to notice that you've stopped noticing the sounds around you, that's fine. That's kind of the point. Don't aggressively try to only notice the sounds around you. Just notice the distraction from the small little kind of goal you had of listening to sounds. And next time, try for a full minute. This practice is all about cultivating your noticing muscles, practicing the act of stopping and raising your awareness above the level of autopilot. This practice develops the skill of pausing everything you might be caught up in to just notice your environment for a moment. Practice three, cultivate mindfulness outside of work through a 10-minute sit. This is a very short meditation routine that you can do at you know, at any part in your day that makes sense to do it. Um, it's easy to agree that yes, in theory, the notion of being more present during the day makes sense. Why let life pass you by and so on. But without a more effortful, silent meditation practice, I've found that it's a lot harder to cultivate the ability to actively notice new things, to cultivate the first and the second practices in particular. I know this because as I write this, this is back in 2016, I'm pretty lousy at regularly managing the 10-minute sit, and I think that it undercuts my ability to remember to stop the blur for a moment during my busy day. And I'm happy to say that over the last couple of years, I've managed to maintain a consistent practice of 10 to 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes of sitting. And it, uh, it really, it really helps, um, This 10-minute sit is really a synthesizing and integrating practice. Not only does it help you with practice one and two, but it helps you to holistically address the day, your week, your life. And when I've had long bouts of these sits, I've found that my ability to simply understand and be at peace with things improves. And finally, I've found that it becomes easier to stop the autopilot for a moment and perceive the newness all around me in whatever context I might be in. Although we may conceptually get the importance of mindfulness, when actually situated within the moment, we are largely in a mild state of drift between the task that came to be, the task at hand, and the task to come. Right? that make any sense to folks? We're in a mild state of drift between the task that came to be, what we're doing right now, and the task to come. And the importance of all of those is it's the task. We're in a task rabbit kind of phase of doing. We need intentional practices like those that I just mentioned uh, to help us break out of routine and convention, especially in a world that is becoming ever more seamlessly integrated with automaticity. 
But for those of us who may find ourselves too busy to imagine integrating new practices into our busy everyday, as I did during my most intense weeks working in upper-level management, then there's always Langer's simple call to actively notice new things, to try to remember this phrase as you move through your day and see what happens next. Find the resources mentioned during this episode and download a copy of the podcast exercise worksheet at togetherworking.com slash the working together podcast, all one word. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for more in-depth conversations with innovative thinkers, makers, and doers sure to inspire you and help you make an impact in your world. And don't forget to rate and review so that I can continue to bring you the social innovation goods. Finally, if you'd like to receive the Working Together Review where I share interesting finds and actionable insights about teamwork, facilitation skills, social innovation, cooperatives, behavioral economics, strategy, political theory, and much more, you can sign up at togetherworking.com.